Hello LCF, it's fantastic to be with you this morning and uh, I'm so enjoying this new uh, uh, series we've been doing about practicing the way of Jesus or learning to be a follower. Um, one of the things that has most influenced me in my Christian life is having some people who mentored me or people that I could look to as an example. I think uh, I didn't have a good father role model. And uh, there was one of my friends when my children were very young. I thought he was just the brilliant father. And I remember sometimes asking, could I sit with you and just learn from you how to be a better father? I can think of somebody who helped me with my finances, uh, helped me to budget and do my finances well. I can think of someone else who is a, as a, a young pastor who I so admired how they preached and how they communicated. And I remember sitting down with them and saying, listen, would you help me with my teaching and preaching ministry? Uh, I can think in so many domains of my life where other people have been an inspiration and an encouragement to me. I wonder if I could ask you, um, who do you look to as an example? Also, maybe uh, who are you helping to mentor and bring on? I think that's partly of what the church is meant to be. We should be uh, looking to others to be our example so we can grow as people, but also we should be helping others to grow and excel and go beyond us. I want to look this morning with you at 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I want us to look at four New Testament church members and see what we could learn from them in, in how we can follow Jesus better in the days ahead. All of us are wondering about COVID and what's going to be after this, and it's my prayer that God will somehow so work in your life that at the end of COVID, you will be stronger. You'll be a better Christian, a better follower of Jesus at the end of this than at the beginning. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And so let's look at this. I'm going to, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're actually on death row. Paul has been to court, he's been consigned to death, and he's awaiting death on death row. I've often thought, you know, if some budding uh, writer wanted to set 2 Timothy chapter 4 as a uh, the background to a novel or a story, uh, it would be make a great detective novel about a miscarriage of justice. Uh, but let me just read it to you. 2 Timothy chapter 4 from verse 6. Paul says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. The time has come for my departure. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loves 
of this world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Titus to Ephesus and when you come, bring the coat that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. For Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposes our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. For I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's just look at these four people quite quickly. Firstly, uh, in verse 10, he says, Demas has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. I think of Demas as a deserting follower. It's not very... Um, uh, positive that, is it? Here was someone who once followed Jesus very closely and now has abandoned the faith and has run away. Uh, we know that because in Colossians, Demas is mentioned and Paul mentions him in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 14 and he says, Demas, my fellow laborer. You see, Demas was part of the apostolic team. He was one of Paul's close associates. He worked a shoulder to shoulder with Paul, planting churches, teaching Christians, uh, 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 helping to promote the cause of Jesus Christ. But how sad that in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, Paul says, Demas has deserted us. I wonder if in during COVID, some Christians might give up and desert the cause of Christ. I don't know about you, but, you know, I want to say I've been a Christian since uh, 1970. That's why I've got a lot of gray hair in fact, you might know it as one of my crowns have just fallen out and so in my tooth and I'm waiting to get it sorted out by the dentist. It's a little thing. But within my following Jesus, there have been times where it's all just got too much. And sometimes I've been disappointed in myself. Sometimes I've been hurt by others and I've just wanted to give up and quit. You know, I love my Bible so much because it's very honest about Christians. Christians, and sometimes the Christian life is not just one long, uninterrupted success, going from one degree of glory to another. Sometimes it all hits the fan, and sometimes we just feel like we want to quit. You know, if I'm talking to one person today that's almost feeling like, quitting, please don't. 
please come back to Jesus. So when I read about Demas, he's someone that used to run really well. You know, if when we tell our testimony or our stories, if all of our stories are old stories, if we find ourselves always talking about God, what God did 10 and 20 and more years ago, I want you to know that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. I just on the way driving up to Luton today, I had an appointment with the senior pastor, Mike, and he was just helping me just process some things. But I, I just want to say this, that um, when I sat down, I just had a coffee at a, at a cafe and just sat in the next table. There was a, a lady there, looked alone. I just said, I'm morning. How are you doing? She said, not too well. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. She said, my husband died of coronavirus. And she said, I'm struggling to, to process it all. Everything's changed in my life. Do you know, I want to just say, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to tell you, one of the ways you can keep close to Jesus is keep looking for opportunities just to reach out to others and serves them. If you have messed up, if you have slipped away, then just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Come and renew my love for you. The second example I want to just say is Luke. He's in verse 11 as well. And Paul says this about Luke. He says, only Luke is with me. Remember where Paul is? He's on death row. He's being sentenced because he's a follower of Jesus and he is proclaiming there is another Lord higher than Caesar. And so he's been put in prison. He's been sentenced to death. No one is there. But he says, only Luke is with me. Now we know a lot about Luke. Luke was a historian. He was a uh, a medical doctor, a GP. He was one of those detail people. He, he, he wrote the, uh, part one and part two of the life of the church. Luke's gospel and the apostle, acts of the apostles were written by Luke. He remembers times, places, names, details. But Paul says this about Luke. He says, only Luke is with me. Luke is with me. You know, I want to just suggest to you that meant a great deal to Luke. How many of you think that meant a lot to uh, Paul? Here Paul is awaiting sentence, he's waiting execution. But I believe Luke came as often as he could, perhaps every day with a, a red cross parcel. He came with some food and supplies and he sought there to be an encouragement to the Apostle Paul. He said, Paul, when they come to take you from the cell to the execution chamber, I'm going to walk by your side. A lot of people have asked me over the years, what makes strong churches? How do you build a a strong prevailing church in the 21st century? And they say, well, it's great preaching and we have fabulous teachers and preachers in LCF. Great worship. We have extraordinary worship. Great 
life groups and people and relationships, good children's programs, good youth programs. They're all good. But you know what I think is one of the most important ingredients? I would say the most is friendships. I know that's not very powerful and exciting, but, you know, friendships mean the world. Lots of you know that uh, some years ago, my wife had a very bad car accident. Uh, She broke her neck, and uh, I had to be her nurse for about six months. You know, some of you know me. When I left school, I was an apprentice and became a plumber. And so uh, the women would understand this. It's bad enough breaking your neck, but having a plumber look after you for six months, that's a real bad deal. In fact, uh, my heart goes out to carers. If you're a carer, bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. But friendship is so important. You know, in these days of COVID, I think what we're all learning more than anything else is that we need friends. People are more important than anything. And don't give up. Let me encourage that ministry of friendship. I I think we excel in that gift already in our church. The relationships are so strong and we're bound together. But, you know, it's the little things that matter. A phone call, a text, a a bouquet of flowers, some homemade cookies sent and just saying, I care, I'm here for you. Let's walk through this together. I've spent my life trying to care for people as best as I can. And frequently people share their life story with me or an aspect of challenge that they're facing. And I think, well... I really don't know the answer to that. But one thing I do know is that just being prepared to listen and to care means the world. The third person I want to talk to you about here is we've thought about a deserting follower. We've thought about a faithful follower. Let's talk about an imperfect follower. This imperfect follower, you know, his name was John Mark. Now, we know he's mentioned in verse 11. Now, John Mark, we know a great deal about him. He was a third generation uh, Pentecostal Christian. In Acts chapter 12 and verse 12, that's the time when Peter is miraculously rescued from prison and he comes to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. That's who we're reading about here. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 13, John Mark, he's a young man, he's grown up in his church. I think he was a little bit of a mummy's boy. I bet, I bet he never made his bed. I bet uh, his mum would, he would come in from school and he would sit in the recliner. His mum would give him a slice of cake and give him the remote and say, there's chicken and peas for tea. But then he goes on his missionary trip and after a while he starts missing mummy. He wants to go home. He's, He's homesick. 
He wants to go home to his uh, where he's familiar and where his bed is made and he has his nice looked after. And so what happens in Acts chapter 13 and verse 13, he leaves the missionary trip and runs home to Jerusalem to see, to be with Mary, his mum. I think he had that attitude. In fact, in Mark's gospel, you might have read in Mark's gospel, when the soldiers come to arrest uh, the Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, in Mark's gospel, it says a young boy was there, and when he saw the soldiers, he ran away, leaving his clothes and belongings behind him. Who could that be? probability is it's John Mark, Mark who's giving an autobiographical account of when he ran away. You see he had that aptitude, you know some people say when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well John Mark had the opposite view of life. His view of life was when the going gets tough, pack your bags and run home to mum. That's interesting, in Acts chapter uh, 15 and verse 37 and verse 38, it says that Paul and Barnabas were planning a trip, and Barnabas said, let's take John Mark with us, and the Apostle Paul says, no way, Jose, we're not taking John Mark, because he is, uh, he's a deserter, he can't stand the pace, he lets us down. And actually, if you read that, John Barnabas and Paul had a a disagreement. But isn't it fascinating that in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, please bring John Mark to me because he is profitable. He's useful in the ministry. And I just see in him an imperfect follower. He didn't get everything right. I know how easy it is when you look up at preachers, Pastor Mike and Pastor Becky, you might think, wow, what amazing, perfect Christians. But, you know, they're just human like us. And sometimes we can look at ourselves and we can think, well, I've, I, I, I'm not perfect. Hey, I've got good news for you. You'd be really welcome at LCF and you could be a great part because none of us are perfect. But God uses imperfect people, aren't you glad about that? The last person I want you to talk to, talk to you is just the Apostle Paul. I, I, I love the Apostle Paul here. I call him an authentic follower of Jesus. Have you ever heard those people that on their Facebook pages or when they get tell their stories, they always tell you, well, this is great and that's great and everything's going wonderful and God blesses me and it's all good. Maybe they've developed some kind of idea that you can't be negative as a Christian. I love Paul here because listen what he just says. He says, at my defense, no one came to support me. Read the pathos in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, please send John Mark to me. He says, I'm alone here. I think he was lonely. He was in confinement. He was in lockdown. Do you feel lonely? He says, please send my warm winter coat. He was cold. He says, please send my parchments and my books. He was bored. 
I wonder if you've ever been lonely, if you've ever been cold, if you've ever been bored. Basically, you're struggling. Do you know what I want to say? It's okay to cry. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You don't have to pretend. Paul said this, but the Lord stood by my side and strengthened me. So here are four New Testament church members, a a deserting follower, a faithful follower, an imperfect follower, an authentic follower. Can I pray for you? Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for the people watching me right now. Lord, I just pray that this little message, Lord, will have brought an encouragement. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that the Lord himself will stand by you and will strengthen you. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lord, I pray a blessing over Luton Christian Fellowship. I pray, Lord, when we come to the end of uh, COVID, Lord, I pray that we will be stronger and we will be more loving and we will be more excel in our service of Jesus. God bless you and have a great day. God bless you.